we are starting on a series on humility. Um, <laughs> so I think we've got three or four weeks uh, before summer break, and we'll see what the Lord does with us in these first few weeks. Um, if you've been a kingdom life for a while, you know um, that um, I've, been, I've been reading a lot of Andrew Murray um, over the last few years, and uh, it's been really helpful just opening up scripture to me. Um, maybe it's because he's South African, maybe it's because he's full of the spirit, maybe because it's both, you know. Um, but um, I, haven't, I hadn't read any of his books for, for a few months, and I just felt the, the Holy Spirit saying it was time to start again, just to, just to pick something up and, and be edified. Um, so, you know, I did what all people do and went on Amazon. And um, his most famous book is, is a book on prayer, which I've actually not read, and so I, I put that in my inbox, my cart rather, and then um, I saw this book called Humility. And, um, and as soon as I saw it, I, I knew the Holy Spirit wanted me to read it, and as soon as I saw it, I knew I didn't want to read it. Um, but the, the Holy Spirit was pretty obvious, so it went into the cart as well. Um, and I ordered another one, they came. Um, and the book has a picture of a tree on the front, it's really simple. And uh, it's tiny, it's like 45 pages, you can read it in a day. Um, and I put it next to my chair where I do my quiet times and read my books. And it sat there and it sat there. And then I put it something else on top of it so I didn't have to see it. And it was amazing. I'd, my, my flesh just did not want me to read this book. I was seriously repelled by it. Um, Matt and Tyler and I were meeting to pray and I actually brought it to one of our men's group, men's sessions. And I said, look, I've got this book and I can't read it. I, I hadn't even read the back cover. And then Matt read the back cover and he started getting a bit weird. And, um, and then I, I, I might misquote you, Tyler, but Tyler said something along the lines of, yeah, I've read that. When you read his book on surrender, it's like having someone stick a knife in you. And when you read humility, it's like having someone come along and twist the knife. Um, so, <laughs> yay! <we can. laughs> so, be excited. So, um, that's a kind of ominous start. I know, but, um, but, and I'll bring the book next week and read it, but just, the, you know, the back covers a little excerpt from the book, and... He basically, I'm going to paraphrase Andrew Murray, basically says, can you, imagine, can you imagine living your life in such a way that it doesn't matter what anyone does to you? And it doesn't matter what anyone says to you, whether good or bad. And it doesn't matter what storms are going on around you, but that you can be in the Father's presence and be in complete peace. And those words were like life to me. And my heart said, yes, I want that. Now, I'm going to talk about this more next week. Um, but fear of man and pride are two things that really push against humility. And I, and I think we, we, they're probably the, you know, um, different sides of the same coin. But we might find that we, we tend towards one of those. Typically, if we are proud and arrogant, we don't fear man. Typically, if we fear man, we're probably lacking in arrogance. But they're very similar things, and I'm going to talk about those next week. But for me, 
that thought of not caring what man said, whether it was good or bad, not basing my sense of identity on what anyone thought was, it's like, yes, I want that. I want that so badly. And so I said last week that this, that this scares me, this topic, um, and, it, and it excites me. And, and maybe it'll do that for all of us. Right? There's this, like, it's like a magnet attracting me, and then, it, and then there's, like, there's a, almost a holiness in it that repels me. And, 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 I, and I'm repelled because I, I know if I'm gonna step into humility, I know I'm gonna have to fight my flesh. I know I'm gonna have to fight pride. I know I'm gonna have to fight my desire to control things. And there's all sorts of other things that are probably gonna come up. You know, so I'm just like, ugh. And at the same time, I'm absolutely attracted to it because I know there's a promise of freedom and peace that is like a holy drug that I want to keep taking. And we might find that. Now, <laughs> you know, the Lord, the Lord will find us wherever he wants us. And you know, sometimes he will break us Um, and we can talk, we'll talk more about pride next week, but what I sense him saying tonight, you know, we, just, we, we, we just finished a series on worship, you know, and, and one of the central themes about that series was that we become who we worship. You know, we fix our eyes on Jesus, and we worship him, and we hope to become more like him, and as we do that, as, as, we, as we worship him, we should start to get more glimpses of him, and we, and we get glimpses of his love, and we get glimpses of his kindness, and we get glimpses of his peace, and that, and that these things attract us. And I, and I just sense the Lord for tonight saying, when, as I speak about humility, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be speaking about the good. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be seeing if the Lord will draw us in. That we will so desire more of him that that's gonna, that's gonna attract us. That the laying down of whatever it is in our flesh that prevents us being humble, it, that becomes easy when we see the prize that is set before us. So that's my hope. Um, and I'm gonna throw a fair bit of scripture at you um, and see if like, the scripture will overwhelm you. But th- there's, this, there's this element that we, we, we're gonna have to be real, okay? And obviously some of you might not come back next week and we'll miss you. Um, but we, we have to be real. Like, um, we can't intellectualize humility. We can't get to the point of saying, wow, yes, humility is important. I see that now. Imagine the Father saying to Jesus in heaven, I love my sons and my daughters, and I need them to be reconciled to me. I love them so much that I'm willing to send you, Jesus. Will you go and will you die to save every soul that will choose you. And imagine if Jesus said, yes, I also love them. That's a really good idea. I should think about that. And he left it there. Love is the reason why God sent his son. Love is the reason why Jesus died for us. It is humility that is the way that he does it. It's the laying down of everything for us. Love motivates 
Humility finds the way. And that's the call that I think he has for us as a church body. You can't just be intellectual, we have to be real. And I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, you know, we're not gonna have a time unless the Holy Spirit is very clear, like I'm gonna make you stand up and confess stuff and be real, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I just need you to be real with yourself while you're sitting listening and while you're sitting and listening to the Lord and over these next few weeks in your times of prayer when you're reading scripture, be real. Be willing to let the Lord speak. Be willing to let him show you where there are parts of your heart that you haven't given to him. And to see what flows if you say yes. So our humility has to be lived. And the, the absolute beauty of our humility is that everything that we lay down we will become more aware of him. We will become more aware of his presence. We will be more attuned to his voice. We'll be more willing to say yes to his promptings. We will increase relationship with him. And that's a promise. So, you know, you can look on dictionaries and get definitions of humility and that they normally have something to do with humiliation or being humble, doesn't particularly help us. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a few ways to think about this. One of these is from Andrew Murray, the second one, but I'm just, I'm just gonna throw some phrases at you. Okay, now I just, want to just let these flow over you. Humility is to be dependent on God. Murray describes it as, it is simply the sense of entire nothingness which comes when we see how truly God is all and in which we make our way for God to be all. I think he unfairly says simple there. Um, <laughs> but for him it's simple. It is yielding of ourselves to him. It is to be restored to true relationship with the Father. It is nothingness, but not weakness. It is submission and bowing down to a God who promises to lift us up. It is giving up ourselves, all these things that we think are us, to obtain the real us that God designed. It is not weakness, but meekness. And Jesus is our model. It was in heaven that he, cho he first chose humility. And he chose to be obedient even unto death for our sakes. Without his humility, there is no salvation. And it's only by his salvation that we will actually find humility. So finally, humility is the emptying of ourselves. It is to truly abide. It is not a fruit of the Spirit. It is the soil out of which all the other fruits will grow. Because it is only in humility that we will give up ourselves and give space for God to occupy us. So it sounds quite important. 
And if we think about our faith, even the way that we begin our faith is an act of humility, isn't it? Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I have sinned. I have wronged. Will you forgive me? That is an act of humility. Our faith literally starts with it. It models Christ who starts our faith. And scripture is absolutely saturated. So forgive me, I'm, just, I'm gonna read through these. I'm not gonna extrapolate on them. I, I just, I, I want us to hear them. Psalm 57, 15. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this. I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. Psalm 25, nine. The humble he guides in justice and the humble he teaches his way. Psalm 147. It is the humble that the Lord will lift up. 147.6, sorry. It is the humble that the Lord will lift up. Zephaniah 3.12. Now this is talking about the end times, but it shows God's heart. For then I will take away from your midst those who rejoice in your pride, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. I will leave in your midst a meek and humble people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. And James says to us, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And then we get the words of Christ himself. Matthew 16, whoever desires, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. In Luke 14, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In Luke 18, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In Matthew 20, and also in Luke 22, Jesus called his disciples together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus gives these commands and there's more <laughs> of those. But Jesus is our model. I'm not gonna give you the scriptural references for these, but I just listened to Jesus' words about himself. He doesn't actually use the word humble or humility, but listen to the content of his words. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I do not receive glory from people. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. I do not seek my own glory. 
The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. The word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And finally, the Son can do nothing of himself. Some of the, the men in the church have been, you know, we recently did a Bible study and we looked at Andrew Murray's book on surrender. Um, it's a challenging read, but it's a worthy read. And there are a few times where Murray uses this word nothing or nothingness. And it's not a word that men like. Just gonna be honest. I'm nothing? Uh, and you can Christianize it and say, but the Lord has made me glorious. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And obviously I know that's true. I know I'm a saint. The Lord says, this says amazing things about me. But the reality is that Jesus himself gave up everything and was even willing to say that I can do nothing of myself. And the thing that we wrestled with, um, in, at least in part, is this idea of nothingness. Yeah, you, it, it has connotations of passivity and weakness. Are we just kind of automons or, or guinea pigs or something for the Lord's purposes? But of course, we would never say that about Jesus, would we? We would never say that he was weak or useless or passive. He was powerful and kind. He was willing to serve and heal, but he would confront darkness and he would confront religion. To become nothing is to become everything that the Father designed you to be. And this is something that we, we'll have to kind of navigate over the next few weeks together. Um, and may, maybe it's easier for some than others. It, it might be those of us who struggle with pride that this is harder. But this idea of being on our knees and bowing before the Father and giving up everything. But there is this exchange that the Lord gives us that the more that we humble ourselves and the more that we bow at his feet, the more that we realize that we actually have nothing, we are bringing nothing but a yes to him. So the moments, the moments of humility, and I'm not, I'm not gonna say the moment we become humble because you know, that's, that'll be maybe when we get to heaven <laughs> and we see the glory of God. But there's this exchange that happens that as we repent and as we give up something of ourselves, we get something of him in exchange. And as we become weaker in ourselves, we become stronger in him. And as we shed the things that we have accumulated from the world and from sin and from experiences, we shed these things that we think are us, but actually they're not. Those things are replaced by God. And the rest of our lives will be this journey of saying, Lord, will you be all? Will you be all? I give up everything. Will you be all to me? And I don't know if, if, if you in your lives know truly humble people. Um, I must say that those who I know that are truly humble are never weak, are often a little scary amazing hearts to serve 
but I would never mess with them. They just seem to have something of God in them that is a little scary because they know him. And I, 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 I see the Lord promising more of him. For me, um, for me, I, I, I see this, this, this promise of no longer caring what people think. And I see the promise of giving up control. Oh, control is exhausting, people. It really is exhausting. And letting God be in charge. And so next week I'm going to go after pride and the flesh. That's going to be really fun, people. Uh, I think the week after that I'm, I'm going to talk about shallow humility or religious humility or pretend humility. It'll be really fun. Okay, Matt's excited for that one. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29, these, these words we know so well. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. We must learn from the one who laid down everything. And for the series, this is our guiding scripture. I know we know this scripture so well, but will you... Will you let your ears, your heart, your mind, your spirit just try and hear these words afresh? Philippians 2 from verse 3. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus shows us humility. He chooses not just to be a man, but to be a servant of men. He chooses not just to serve us, but to die for us. He gives up all of his wonder and his splendor and his majesty. As we sang tonight, he becomes the lamb that was slain. He becomes the lamb that was raised up and he is now the exalted lamb of God. And I said last week, the more I study humility, the more I, th I think it's everything. That's a strong statement. Um, I think we would probably say love is everything. That's where our relationship starts. You know, forgiveness. Yeah, these things are so important to our faith. But humility, I really believe, is the way to intimacy with the Lord. It's, it's, it's the soil, you know, this, Jesus talks about good soil that his kingdom can grow in. 
And I, I really believe it's the secret to good soil for his kingdom to take root. It's where his kingdom can grow. And if, um, if you've been crying out for more intimacy with Jesus, if you've been crying out for, for anything more, more of his voice, more revelation of his love, more of his power to be displayed when you pray, whatever, whatever that might be, press into humility. Desire humility. Ask for humility. And I believe the Lord is inviting us to ask him. And it may be a little scary at times. In the end, we're asking him to make us more like him. And in pre-service prayers, Cass already shared something that we felt the Lord was saying. Um, there's, there's often times where we're praying about a series that we're starting and, and we feel real opposition. Um, at the end of the series, I'll tell you some of the things that I saw. Um, I won't share them yet. Um, but I always get so excited when I sense the enemy opposing what the Lord wants to do. Because that always means that freedom is coming and breakthrough is coming and strongholds are going to break. And you might have heard me say this before in previous series, but if, and in particular, you're sitting in your chair now or sometime during the week, you feel frustrated, irritated, scared, whatever that feeling is, anything that comes up in you that says, I just really don't want to go tonight, then make sure you come. All right. The more freedom that the Lord has for you, the more likely the enemy will be to oppose it. Don't let him win. Step into the Lord's will for you. So can we pray? I wanted to keep tonight short in case we felt the Lord wanted to do anything, so Matt's gonna be listening and see. But I, I wanted us to pray. Um, Remember what we prayed earlier. None of us are excluded. None of us have too little to offer. This is all about Jesus and the fact that he's made the way. Some of us might have been crying out for more for a while. Some of us might not even know how to begin doing this. And that's what I want to start with tonight by praying. Okay? We can all, on some level, just say yes, Jesus. I don't know what it looks like. I don't even know how to start, but I say yes to more of you. Will you lead me into humility? Okay. So that's why I, why I want to pray. And we'll see if there's anything else the Lord wants to do. So let's, let's pray. Jesus, our beautiful King, our wonderful Savior, you're worthy of our praise, you're worthy of all adoration. Lord, we know we will one day see your glory, that we will all see your glory, and every knee will bow before you holy 
Lamb of God. Jesus, would you draw us, would you draw us into deeper relationship with you? Lord, do you send your spirit to refresh us and renew us and to partner with us Lord, we seek humility because we seek you. We seek humility because it's what you chose to model for us. That you command us to be humble. So Lord, we, we just, we, we're asking, we're crying out for something that you have already told us to do, something that you've requested we do so we know that your life and your power and your will is for it to be done. But Lord, it can be hard to even know how to begin. So we start, Lord, by just saying yes. Will you lead us? Will you lead us into humility? Will you lead us in giving up ourselves? Will you lead us into seeing that you are all and you would fill us completely if we will give you space? And we say yes. As, as we're praying, I, I have this, this picture, so maybe this will be an encouragement to some of you. Um, I saw this, of, this picture of, of us standing with swords in our hands. And I, and I, I just heard this, the Spirit saying that some of us have been fighting strongholds and, and fighting things in our lives that we've been so desperate to defeat and we haven't known how, and they have seemed invincible. But now, I see these swords that this is the way. That humility will be the way. That these things that have held us down and brought misery and anxiety and shame, they will be broken. Humility is the way. So Jesus, we give you permission to move. Have your way in us, Lord. As imperfectly as we can say yes and say take us all, Lord, would you, would you do the work in your grace and in your mercy. Thank you, Jesus.
Okay, we just, I just want us to sit quietly. Our lives are so noisy. Um, can we just sit for a minute, literally, just a minute? And just, just let the Spirit speak. If you've got a journal, you know, if he says anything, um, if, he, if he gives you any promises, if he, if he brings up something, um, some sin, that he's, that he's wanting to, to defeat, there's a promise on that. Let's just give him a minute to speak. Jesus, we love you. Will you shape us, Lord? Will you move in our lives? Your will be done. Jesus, our King. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Brandon, do we have a, do we have a song we could sing? Is it, I know Ryan's in the band and he always takes a long time to get ready, but. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Let's worship one more song before we finish. Finish praising our God.